Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the TNT Podcast. I'm your host, KT Temple, and I am here. Uh, uh, again, you know, we always give him crap, but he didn't show up for work again today. Kent's not here. But luckily, we have someone way more interesting. Uh, we've got Beth Underhill today uh, to talk to us about a lot of stuff. Uh, so thank you for coming to the show, Beth. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And kind to kind of give us an idea of what we're going to be talking today, tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So um, as you said, my name is Beth. I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, I've been married for 23 years. I have one, uh, or we have one daughter, my husband and I. Um, she's a freshman or sophomore, I'm sorry, at the University of uh, Kentucky. Uh, four dogs. So we are uh, puppy lovers. Um Let's see. I've been involved in real estate now since about 2018. We started fixing and flipping single family homes. Um, thanks to my husband who watched an infomercial on uh, flipping houses at two o'clock in the morning and, you know, woke up the next day and he said, hey, honey, I have this idea. We're going to flip houses. And I thought, oh, geez, what have you gotten me into now? Um, anyway, so we started fixing and flipping. I'm already turning out to a success story because I have not heard a lot of success stories that start <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, luckily, we're still together. So <laughs> we haven't divorced after that. Actually, my husband and I, we've owned and operated an outdoor construction company for um, 24 years. So, you know, it's a testament to the fact that we get along and we have um, the same uh, business adventure um, in us. And so we are never opposed to trying out new things. Um, but that being said, we started the fixing and flipping in 2018. Uh, when COVID hit, of course, our outdoor construction business just went through the roof. So we opted to pivot from the fix and flip and actually pivot into more of the commercial space. So I'm actually involved in student housing, multifamily, uh, hotels, and working on a few other things. So yeah, just really having fun with it, to be honest with you. It's an incredible space with so many opportunities. And I think that's what I love is that it never gets old or dull or boring. Um, it's always like a roller coaster ride. I know. I've, I've been in real estate now for 10 years. And the amount I learned Every single time I do a transaction, I have a conversation. It's just incredible. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't stop everything. There's no same transaction ever. It's always something different. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what inspired you to channel your passion for creating safe and functional living spaces into founding Lifestyles Equities Group? So, you know, really this all started when we began our uh, single family fix and flips. Uh, you know, we were taking so many... Um, older properties uh, in and around the Cincinnati market, which is where um, we reside, and and really just making them like creating these incredible spaces. It was so much fun to see the transformation. And, you know, unlike, or, or, or I guess to some extent, some, some, some of what you see on TV, I mean, some of these houses, we're talking about like 1928, um, you know, 1935, things like that. Um, you know, really just making them um, kind of breathing new life into them, actually. And, you know, that was just refreshing to me. And that was like, okay, you know, I'm going to be able to take this house, breathe new life into it, and then 
and then give it to someone or sell it to someone, I should say, and and they're going to be able to call it home. And that was a pretty awesome feeling to be able to do that. And you know, when I think of that, you know, it's like, okay, this is really about, this is a business of helping people, helping people, you know, um, have a roof over their head. So if it's even in multifamily, if it's, you know, flipping single family homes, and if you look at, you know, I'm involved in hotels as well. You know, when I go to a hotel, I want a great place to be able to stay. And if that means if it's just for one night or if it's for five days, um, it's, if it's a vacation or whatever the case may be, you know, any place that you, are going to rest your head, you know, I want it to be safe for somebody. And so that really has been, you know, part of my driving force um, behind it. Uh, you know, I do have, you know, some bigger goals, bigger goals in terms of, you know, wanting to be able to help um, like foster care children who transition out of the system and and actually be able to provide houses for them where they can learn this, the necessary skills or maybe go to college and so forth, but have a place so that they're not left to um, maybe be out on the streets instead and uh, take a path or take, you know, take their lives down a path in which um, maybe it just won't be as, as, as productive um, and, and promising uh, for them. So want to be able to help out, you know, people in that respect. So again, it really just goes back to wherever people are going to rest their head, I want it to be safe and I want it to be secure and I want it to, to feel like, you know, they have a home. I mean, that's, uh, we, we talk to a lot of, of commercial, very, very, uh, it's very emotionless a lot of the time. So I love hearing how much passion you have and actually caring for the people who are going to purchase these homes. It's not just about flipping something to make a quick profit. There's not, this is somewhere where someone's going to live. This is where families will be raised. This is really, you, I can tell it sounds important to you, which I love. It does. It really does. You know, it's interesting. There was a, a home that we, um, um, well, you know, it's funny because you know, we like to not call ourselves flippers. <laughs> Sometimes they have a negative connotation to it. So we, uh, we, it's, t- it's, we coined. It's not as bad of a connotation as, as a uh, uh, landlord. So well, fl- I think flipping has so much more value to it. I mean, you're taking something and making it livable again. So I Absolutely. love the idea of flipping much more than I like the idea of landlording. Well, very true. Very true. We ended up calling ourselves redevelopers um, because we, we thought it sounded a little more like sexy. Yeah. Um, but what we were doing, um, we actually took this home um, in which um, there was a um, a hoarder. Uh, she was a hoarder. And, and, and I think it was just because, she, you know, she honestly, like she wanted to leave this house, but she just couldn't she couldn't get herself to do so. And so she just kept collecting, collecting. Well, finally, you know, push came to shove and she actually had to, um, to leave the home, but she wanted to come back and revisit the house after we had renovated it. And we ended up adding a thousand square foot addition onto this home, um, which was, you know, ended up making this, this home like more proportionately speaking, um, it was as large as a lot of the other homes that were in the neighborhood um, and and just price point wise and whatnot. But she wanted to to come back and see the home. And we were like, come back, check it out. Like, we'd love for you to see what we've been able to do to this. She was in tears when she saw it. She was like, oh my goodness, look at, and, and she still called it her home. You know, I mean, it it had been sold already and, and new buyer was going to be, you know, moving into it and so forth. But 
but just to see the even look on her face, you know, in terms of what we were able to do with it. That was, that was just a really cool moment. And that, that taught me so much about, you know, this is really, this is a people business, you know, yes, it can be transactional and people are always looking to like, how much money can I make and, and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, it's really about people, you know, what are you doing to help people? You're creating your own episodes of HGTV by doing it. It sounds right. Right. (laughs) So with your background in construction, hospitality and home renovations, how do you balance your your love for doing this creatively and functionally? Because, of course, at the end of the day, you have to make a profit. How are you balancing those two? You know, I think we've we've been on there was a bit of a learning curve with it all, um, no doubt. Uh, you know, the first house that we did, um, you know, we wanted to, you know, do it to the nines and we found, you know, the hard way (laughs) that, Hey, you don't make as much money (laughs) when you do that. So therefore, um, sometimes you have to dial it back and recognize that there are things you need to allow a new homeowner to actually, um, take care of. And, and so from a budgetary standpoint, you know, I, it it was unfortunate, you know, I mean, everything, um, uh, you know, I got to a point when we were flipping and, and, you know, not to say that I would never flip again, because I would love to do, um, the right project again, but, you know, yeah, I knew every color of gray I was going to use. I, I had the, you know, the higher end, um, you know, fixtures and the lower end fixtures, depending on the price point of the house and so forth, you know, so I had this list and, and knew what to put into it and so forth so that, we could make money, but I think you can still be creative, even though you might be constrained by a budget. Um, there's tons of things that you can do, you know, it's, it's, and it some of it's just in presentation alone. Um, you know, if you're going to, um, actually stage the house and so forth and, and give ideas to new buyers, like what they can do with, you know, maybe a smaller space or, or, um, so, you know, I, I think there's all kinds of ways to skin the cat but you learn. And as long as you're learning and, and understanding that, okay, here's what I can do. Um, eh, there's, there's, you know, there's enough that you can leave a little bit of room for creativity when you have the chance. So as an entrepreneur, uh, for over 25 years, you've mastered finance, marketing, and client relations. How do these skills contribute to the success of lifestyle equities group, especially in the real estate and development sector? Oh, absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I've owned a variety of businesses. I, I had a catering business. I had an internet-based business. Um, I had a fitness studio. Uh, and of course, <clears throat> with all of those businesses at the core, we're people, right? So people and just how to take care of people. So um, I do a lot of investor relations now. And I do believe that all of those different uh, businesses in which, um, you know, when you're catering, you know, you're, you're going to have your clients who are going to be um, a little more particular uh, with the internet based business. You're dealing with people who are, you know, sending back returns and uh, things like that. And this, this was like when the internet was like first introduced that I had that business, uh, the fitness studio, it was an all women's um fitness studio. So I had uh, a membership of about 150 women and I was like a psychologist um, all the time, you know, helping them to just, you know, if it was personal, if it was fitness related, if it was about their weight, um, you know, 
boyfriend breakups, divorces, you name it. Um, I was talking to them about it. So I really believe that that's just helped me from an investor relations standpoint uh, to be able to you know, bring capital to the table, or if an investor has questions or wants to work through something, um, or maybe if we have investors that might be upset about distribution, something along those lines, I, I just believe that I have been able to kind of develop um, a trustworthy um, side of, of, of myself that investors are like, okay, I believe what she's telling me. Of course, I'm always going to give them the truth anyways, but you know, they're, they're sometimes going to have a level of skepticism, um, with what someone is going to tell them, especially when it comes to their money, right? Nobody likes to be screwed around when it comes to their, uh, their, their finances. So I think that that's probably like one of the biggest things that, um, I've been able to just learn over the course of, you know, all the different businesses that I've had. So, um, it's probably just, it, yeah, it's been beneficial. No doubt. I don't know if you pay attention. I I'm, I'm a total nerd. Like that's, that's my, if you can tell by looking at me, I'm a total, total <laughs> nerd. Um, but I, I've been paying attention to chat GPT and them kicking out their guy for, for something similar, he wasn't telling him. Now he got to come right back in, but that happens at all levels of business. You know, whether right. it's local people like us, or if you're the CEO of the biggest, you know, tech-defying thing you've imagined, honesty with your investors is so important. It is, absolutely. I um, and, and, you know, we've, we've seen some scenarios in which honesty has not necessarily occurred with investors. And, you know, what goes around comes around. Um, and you because- lose that trust so quickly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it, this is a, this is, um, you know, there's a lot of small circles within the real estate world. So uh, trust is is something that, you know, it, it, I mean, trust is not given, it's earned, right? And when you earn that trust, that last thing you want to ever do is is lose that trust. So in your role as co-owner of Outdoor and Design Build, you've contributed to the creation of over $30 million in outdoor living spaces. What challenges and rewards have you experienced in this longstanding venture and how has it shaped your approach to other business endeavors? Oh, um, sure. I mean, we have we have seen the ups and downs of of being in business for 24 years. That's for sure. Um, You know, we we initially started off as a landscaping company. And lands, when I say landscaping, we weren't cutting grass, but we were installing plants, trees, and we were doing some uh, smaller um, uh, hardscape type jobs like paver patios and so forth. And then somewhere around 2006, when, um, you know, Google wasn't as prevalent and Facebook really didn't exist, um, we sent out this postcard and we called it the smart card that really ended up kind of getting us into hot water. <laughs> we thought it was the smart card at the time, but really it was more like the dumb card because we weren't ready for it. <laughs> but we sent out this postcard and we had a picture of an outdoor living space and the outdoor living space had this really nice fireplace, flat screen TV, uh, paver, patio, furniture on it and so forth. And we sent it out and we all of a sudden became inundated with building these outdoor living spaces and we weren't prepared. We weren't prepared to do it. So needless to say, we lost our butts on the first two outdoor living spaces. I know everyone right now is just like playing the smallest violin for being too good at marketing. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so you learn quick when that happens. You do. You do. Yeah. So we were inundated with business. And um, of course, then we we attracted around that time for the next you know, several years, we attracted this, these very high-end projects. Um, unfortunately, when 2008 came around, everyone said, oop, time out. Like, we're not following through with our contract. We're going to hold back. And I mean, 2008 was was absolutely devastating. And we had employees. We were highly leveraged with uh, tr- trucks and equipment and so forth. So we ended up pivoting. We sold everything. Um, we turned all of our employees into subcontractors. And so we gave them the option of, hey, if you want to be a subcontractor, you can, or you can go do something else. And so we pivoted. And it was at that point, we just focused solely on outdoor living spaces. We honed in on our craft. And ever since then, that's all we've been building. And when 2020 came around, and of course, COVID hit, um, our business went through the roof. We had more leads on our website for outdoor living spaces in two months than we had had in our in twenty in our entire twenty years of existence at that point in time. It was insane. It was crazy. Now we could not obviously take it all on, yeah. um, which was fine. But what we have learned um, is that our website is a great marketing tool and that if you can drive people to your website and, and that's, you know, honestly, you know, they say, I, I mean, social media is great, right? But at any given time, you can lose any of your accounts. That mm-hmm. is not real estate that you actually own, uh, but your website is something that you own and your email list is something that you own. And I'm sure people, you know, you've heard this maybe before, but I personally lost my Facebook account because somebody hacked it and, and they um, decided to spam people across the, the world and then put seven explicit videos on my Facebook page and Facebook shut me down. I had to start from scratch. And, you know, the the, the lengths I went to to actually start from scratch, were that was insane. Um, but nonetheless, getting back to our outdoor design build website, our outdoor design build website turns leads on a daily basis. We are constantly receiving, you know, lead after lead after lead. And that's how we keep the business going. We don't spend any money on advertising whatsoever. And it's pretty insane. And we, we just started posting on Facebook and Instagram recently because my husband said, you know, maybe we need to kind of up our game with social media for our, um, our outdoor live. I said, well, we can do that, but it's, it's not like it's needed. But um, yeah. yeah, so anyways, I mean, yes, definitely a lot of hard lessons. I mean, um, you know, if you're not prepared for what you're about to put out there in the universe, as far as marketing goes, you know, that can come back to bite you, which it did. But um, in our case, we were able to pivot. Um, and again, we've just built this marketing machine. And it's really that's the value that we have right now. It's it's definitely not. I mean, we don't have any employees. So if we were to sell the company today, we'd be selling a marketing machine as opposed to um anything else. I mean, and, and that's so valuable. That's more right. valuable than, than anything else you can buy. You can buy a well-oiled business, but if it's got no customers, it's not right. worth anything. Absolutely. Yep. And, and just, to, I, I hate to do this to you again, Beth, I've got to nerd out for a second because I'm, I, I run a tech consultation company for, for businesses all around the United States. Okay. And building social media is, if you've got customers, you don't need it. I get it. You don't want to do it. Do it now for when you do need it. Gen Z, as of last week, just beat the boomers and people in the working population. 
So wow. people might find you on social media That's more right. than a website. So right. even if you don't need it now, just start posting a little bit, please. If you're a small business owner, post something. Absolutely. And that's and that's really, I mean, again, my husband was like, I think we probably need, you know, and he's been anti-social media for such a long time. Oh, yeah. um, well, I mean, when you consider, I mean, we're, we're older, right? So I, I'm, I'm 54. He's actually 65. So we did not grow up with, you know, my, my daughter, you know, who's 19. I mean, she laughs when I tell her. I'm like, honey, I did not have a laptop in college. You know, we were just starting to learn about computers, you know. So so what I think has been very interesting is to see a 24-year-old business go through all of the different types of marketing that have occurred, you know. Just in about uh, 20 years. <laughs> absolutely. Because when you think about it, like we used to spend $5,000 on a print ad for one of the most prestigious, you know, magazines here locally. And, yeah. and that's where we would get our business from. Someone would see our ad and, you know, people would call us up. But that's, and so we went from that to a smart card to a website to now here we are in social media and it's crazy. Um, and you can do this for free now. I mean, think of the money yeah. we used to spend and now we're able to do the same thing for free. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, with your experience as a, a real estate investor and the redevelopment of over $5 million in single family homes, what insights can you share about the evolving real estate market? Well, it is ever evolving, that's for sure. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's, I mean, as we've seen now with interest rates, I mean, when, when we were first fixing and flipping, obviously we did not have these crazy interest rates that they are now. And, and it's funny because are these interest rates really crazy? <laughs> not compared to some of the interest rates that I used to see when I was a lot younger. So, um, so it's all relative, right? But, uh, but that being said, you know, obviously it's, it's a little bit slower in terms of, you know, people buying houses unless they absolutely need to, maybe if they're moving and, um, for work and, and so forth. So that has affected the market some, but I think a lot of it certainly also depends on where you live, where, where is it that you're doing business? Um, I know for us, um, I'm, I'm involved with a group that we like to buy student housing properties. And one of the very first things that we hear is, well, you know, uh, isn't enrollment down? Well, that depends on where you're looking. That depends on what market you're in. You know, if you're looking at these tier one schools, such as University of Georgia, um, like we have, we're working on a property there. Uh, we just closed on an asset in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, which is just outside of Nashville. So depending on the markets that you're actually in and buying and doing business, uh, that's really going to determine, you know, your your success or lack thereof. Um, so I, I think you just, um, you have to be careful. Uh, you need to pivot and be able to pivot and, and have, you know, a backup plan going into any property. Um, you know, when we were fixing and flipping, you know, we always looked at, okay, well, what if this doesn't sell? What is go going to be our backup strategy? So I think just being smart um, about, again, where you're investing and having that backup plan uh, is really what you need to do at this point. Um, some asset classes right now, sure, are better than others. Um but, you know, again, that that just leaves the door open for diversification and there's nothing wrong with diversification. Looking ahead, what are your goals and aspirations for Lifestyles Equity Group? 
Oh, well, let's see. Right now we are we are really, really excited about this hotel in Antigua. <laughs> and I know sometimes people say, why do you want to buy a, a hotel that's that's not where, in the United States? Where, it's in the Caribbean. Caribbean. It's in the okay. Caribbean. Yeah. It's it's one of the it's one of the like British Virgin Islands. Um gotcha. Yeah, so you know, this is just something we happen to come across. Uh, I, I've I've done a lot of networking with um, a variety of individuals who <clears throat> like to purchase outside of the United States, and um, this deal just happened to come to us, and it's it's been a very interesting deal to say the least. It's cash flowing like there's no tomorrow. Um, their occupancy is is fantastic. They actually close um, three and a half to four months out of the year just because. Um, and it still is cash flowing better than, you know, some multifamily properties, which is insane. Um, now, obviously being down in the, in the Caribbean, you know, you can understand that part of their closing down is because of hurricane season. Um, but they also close down just to take a break, which yeah. is, there's nothing wrong with taking a break. Um, the owners themselves, they're older, they have, um, um, other properties in in Miami and Italy, so uh, they want to go visit those other properties. They want to uh, be able to go home, uh, which is in Italy, of course. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's a very interesting property. We have um, some attraction actually from some doctors um, that are looking to invest there as well. Uh, so we'll see where it, where where it takes us. Uh, my husband and I are actually visiting with the owners here coming up in December, uh, mid December. It's a good time so to go there. I'm sure. It's a great time to go there. Absolutely. My husband has been there once. I sent him on reconnaissance missions. You know, he's like, "Where do you need me to go? And and what's next?" <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So working on that, and I actually have. Um, a winery as another potential that I am working on too. So, so Ooh. that's up. Yeah. That's what's next up for lifestyle equities group. That's so exciting. So mm -hmm. that, is there anything we, we didn't talk about that, that we should bring up now? Oh, good grief. Um, no, you know, I don't think so. I mean, you've covered, we've covered a lot of ground. I really appreciate just uh, being able to really share. You easy when you send the bio that you sent for yourself. It's pretty easy <laughs> to come up with questions. Well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I try to make it easy on um, on anyone that I'm doing an interview with. Uh, but uh, but you've asked some great questions, and this has been some good conversation. So, so um, how can uh, myself and our audience support you in your endeavors? What would you like to promote? Oh, well, I would love for some follows on uh, TikTok or Instagram, and you can follow me at Investing with Beth. Um, certainly, you can join my email list. Uh, just hop to my website, lifestyleequitiesgroup.com, or you can actually go to investingwithbeth.com and let's connect. You can also reach out to me, 513-470-1078. That's my cell phone number, and I'm pretty good brave about texting. Soul. Brave soul. Oh, you know, I, I love, you know, texting is like the easiest for me. That is how I will communicate the best. So um, it's the quickest way for me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on, Beth. We really appreciate your time. And, and thank we'll you so much have for having have me you on again in the, in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back again next Wednesday with another episode. 
uh, please subscribe to the podcast and really leaving a review helps us out a ton on whatever you're listening on. Uh, remember, if you're looking to buy, sell or invest in real estate, uh, you can always reach out to us at thetempleteam.com. Uh, if you're looking for an assistant and you need some help with your virtual assistants, uh, you can also reach out to uh, reach out to us at Cyberbacker Carolinas or Cyberbacker.com. And uh, it's, it's the best place to get a virtual assistant. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you all again next time.